Hi, everybody. This is Jeff Trudell at Premier Mortgage Lending. We're here in the PML Podcast Studio, and uh, we're taking a little bit of a different approach to things today. I'm here with Kathy Walter from the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Uh, we're going to be discussing type 1 diabetes um, and a lot of different things surrounding that. Um, I'm also here with Terry and Ben Byerly, uh, both who have experience in this area. And so uh, we'll hand it off to you guys and tell us a little bit about your experiences and um, things we can look out for. Sure. So um, my son, Ben, who's here with us today, has type 1 diabetes. He was diagnosed at 18, which, um, as you know from the name of Juvenile, Diabetes Research Foundation. Um, most people with type 1 are diagnosed fairly young, um, young being like mid-20s and younger. Um, so he had 18 years of kind of normal and then had diabetes. So he can share his experience a little bit. But just as a mom, um, one of the things that I found super helpful when he was first diagnosed was the ability to find information quickly because type 1 diabetes is something that is not uh, on your radar. <laughs> Most people who have a child that's diagnosed did not see it coming. Um, it kind of just shows up and you're not really sure what's going on with your kid and the next thing you know you have this you know diagnosis. Um, so I found when things got going for me, uh, JDRF was definitely a great resource of information. Uh, I didn't know where to start. And someone said, oh, you should, you should check out their website. And uh, so one of the things that we really want to do is outreach. And uh, for me, I'm just getting started in it. Um, but that's one of the things that resource, a resource that JDRF can offer. And um, so just to, on that subject um, of outreach and kind of letting people know that, you know, this is something you're going to get through. And um, you know, when Ben was diagnosed, like I said, he was 18. He was kind of living his own life. He was a senior in high school. Um, I really, you know, he was never home. So at one point, it was around Christmas time, he mentioned to me that he had lost a lot of weight. And I, you know, good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think twice about it. Um, you know, he was an athlete. It wasn't particularly surprising, you know, that he might lose weight. Uh, you know, and there were a few other symptoms. You know, he said to me, oh, you know, my mouth is really dry. Um, he had an infection in his toe, like just kind of things that you don't, you wouldn't kind of put all together. Um, so in January, it was right around Martin Luther King Day, he walked into my room one morning and said, Mom, I've lost 22 pounds in three weeks. And it kind of made me sit up and take notice, and I really looked at him, and I, he looked like a skeleton. And I was like, okay, something really bad is going on. So we started to, my husband and I, you know, obviously made a doctor appointment for him. And then um, we just sort of started looking into it. You know, okay, what are the symptoms? What could this possibly be? Because the doctor appointment was in the afternoon. So as a parent, you're panicking. Um, and neither one of us came up with type 1 diabetes. Uh, both of us saw that his symptoms could be type 1 diabetes, but we just dismissed it. Because you don't really, it's not on anybody's radar. Um, and it's not talked about a lot, which is one of the reasons why we want to get the word out here. So, um, so yeah, he went to the doctor and he called me and he said his type 1 diabetes and needless to say, I was shocked. And we went from there. Um, and I'm sure he can tell you a little bit more about his experience. The first six months were probably the toughest. Uh, me trying to figure out what can I feed him? Uh, what can he eat? What's, you know, and him trying to figure out, okay, how can I manage this? And one of the advantages I had was he was 18. 
Um, he was getting ready to go to college in about six months, and I just basically said to him, you're not going to be here. You're going to have to figure this out. Um, I'm going to help you, but from day one, you need to take ownership of this. You know, mom can't do this for you. And so, and we did. Um, so the first six months was tough because he was really having to figure it out, and they wouldn't put him on an insulin pump until after his, after at least six months. Um, but once he got on that, that made a big difference. So... Anyway, that's my experience as a parent. Um, definitely JDRF was there for me in terms of lots and lots of information and resources and everything from, you know, what his daily life is going to be like to what his diet's going to be like um, and, you know, just kind of reassuring you. But it is. You feel like a deer in the headlights at first. And so is your pediatrician or doctor at that point referring out the JDRF and, and talking to you about nutrition and, and yes. how to get the weight back and things like that? Well, that was, the most, that was a really great part. I had just switched his doctor that week. <laughs> so he called up the, because, you know, he's 18, so we didn't have the pediatrician. So he went to his new doctor, and his new doctor kind of managed it. But then, um, so it was the long weekend. So the following Tuesday, he, he got right in with the endocrinologist, and the endocrinologist really was the one. You know, they send you home with all kinds of information, and you're just like, where do I start? And I really did find that when I finally hit the JDRF website, I, I felt like I had more guidance because it's very, um, you know, it not only talks about kids, but type one specifically. Right. So and that's good. And so at JDRF, then you have a whole uh, plenty full of, of resources for how to live with it. And you know, again, the nutrition piece of things, I mean, that's the forefront of my mind right now. It's just coming through thinking about weight loss like that, that's pretty rapid. That could be a lot of different things. So, um, yeah. So Ben, what, what was your take on it? How did you deal with it? I mean, sure. you're an 18 year old kid and, <clears throat> you know, in high school and this is probably the last thing on your mind. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I'd, I'd had my senior year of uh, baseball coming up, focus on just keeping my grades up, you know, so that, you know, college doesn't pull that acceptance, all that. It's normal 18-year-old stuff. And then um, working at Rite Aid, just, you know, probably four or five-hour shifts, but going to the bathroom like 20 times a shift, just bizarre stuff, you know, um, losing a ton of weight, pale, um, trying to think back to that time. But, you know, just... I had a teacher, what ultimately why I said something to her was I had a teacher that was like, you know, you don't look yourself, you look, you know, pale, you look thin, you know, and so ultimately, you know, I went to the doctor and, you know, they, the doctor knew right away what it was when I walked in there, he did the test, he said, you have type 1 diabetes, and I said, what's that? And, um, you know, over the last eight years, I've become quite acquainted with what it is, and, uh, <laughs> you know, the... the the biggest thing is um, misconceptions, you know. Um, the biggest thing it took from me was peace of mind. I mean, I went 18 years on this earth um, without ever once thinking about my health, and now the littlest thing happens to me, and I'm like, oh, God, it could be this and that. And, um, you know, I think that's just from one at one time being in a doctor's office and being completely shocked by a diagnosis. And I'm sure anyone else with... Um, similar diagnosis or experiences can, you know, relate to that. And, um, you know, and the thing that my friends had to figure out, which was a little easier because I actually had a friend that was um, type one and that I had known Alex, her son, when I was younger, um, was just the misconception between type one and type two. Um, and, you know, 
and I even think there's some misconceptions about how type two happens, but you know, it's you know, you get your typical, oh, it's because you're overweight, you know, blah blah. But for me, that's what I knew diabetes as. So it was a little um, perplexing at first, just because I was like, well, wait a minute, I'm you know, I'm a high school senior, I play sports, I'm I could get a six pack in two months if I wanted to. <laughs> like, what are we talking about here? You know. So it's like, um, but you know, it was. You know, not so much anymore, but at the time, um, it's just you don't realize how much it's going to turn your life upside down at first. And, you know, now being an adult, you know, it's it's part of your life. You know, you get used to it. You get equated and whatnot. But, uh, you know, there's always things uh, the worst time you get a low blood sugar. Right. Or. Um, an unexplained high blood sugar, and you're like, all right, well, you know, um, trying to, you know, day to day, it's just, at first it was very difficult, you know, with going to college and, um, you know, dieting. Um, and then, you know, it, it, she understood, and my father understood how serious it was. I didn't, so it, to me, on on the surface, it was like, oh, why are they, you know, so freaked out about this? And um, you know, it's just something that um, over time, I think you grow to learn about. And I think um, I was blessed at, to get it at the age of eighteen. I think for a younger kid, I can't even imagine. I mean, at least I was old enough and mature enough to understand that. All right, this is something serious, and you know, I got to make. This, this, these decisions on my own, whereas had I been, you know, much younger, um, you know, I would have fallen more on her and my dad and, you know, a lot a lot of school um, resources. And there's a lot that goes into it. And, you know, so I, I think in that sense, I was fortunate to get it as an adult and experience it for the first time as basically, in a, you know, a college student. Um, but overall, you know, I just, it's one of, I tell people if, you know, if you're losing weight, if you're going to the bathroom a lot, those are really the two biggest signs. Um, so, you know, I, I had one friend that he was having some of those issues and he got diagnosed with prediabetes. So it's, it's one of those things where, you know, if you can catch it earlier, the better, because um, in my particular case, they were like, we have no idea how you're not in the hospital right now when they diagnosed me. Um, just that's how high my blood sugar was and how much it was kind of attacking my body at the time so and so what is your and again right you like you said you were older so you know for you at that point you're you're dealing with high school you're dealing with college coming up um, trying to wrap your head around a whole bunch of different things so you're hitting at this at a critical point in your life you know to that point mm -hmm. so you know you get through that initial phase of it what does day-to-day -day look like now that you 10 or so years into this yeah, so um, eventually you learn, you know, what foods kind of um, really mess with your blood sugar. And, you, you know, those are what I call special occasion foods. You know, you really try to stay away from them except for, you know, you don't want to totally take, you know, the sweet things out of life. But, you know, you do have to cut back um, ultimately. If you, and, you know, I think um, you kind of think at this point for me it's like, all right, long-term outlook, you know, like – the better I am with managing this and carb counting and um, watching what I eat and all that, the longer my life is. And you know, I, you know, I just bought a house, just got married, um, so you know, you start to think kids, and then you think 
grandkids and you're like, all right, you know, getting her all excited over here. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so it's like you start to think, all right, hey, I want to be here. Um, whereas probably had, had you asked me this question four or five years ago, uh, you know, I just deal with it, you know. Right. I, I eat my food and then I put my <laughs> insulin in, you know. Well, with and, age comes exactly. a little bit of wisdom. And, <laughs> and, you know, so that's what I would tell kids, you know, if you're young and you don't necessarily get it now is, you know, you'll be happy that you started creating these good habits, you know, um, just staying on top of it. Um, and there's so much tech. Like, I think, like, 100 years ago, I'm not here, you know. That's right. how technology's come so far that we're, like, on the verge of, you know, you got stem cell research, artificial pancreas. They've got s- stuff you can wear now that constantly monitors your blood sugar right to your phone. So you just, uh, it. I almost feel fortunate in a sense that if this was going to happen to me, that I'm alive when I am, so that I can manage it and can get this life. You know. Right. No, that's great. Well, we're glad you're here talking to us yes. about it. So, uh, do you do any work with the JDRF right now, or is that something you're? planning to do or yeah definitely um as you know my mom jumps into it i'll be here to uh support and um you know i don't life's busy right now but you know when when some more time comes up it's definitely something especially with the younger kids it'll be kind of fun to work with them um just to you know give them i guess someone that they can say all right well he had it and you know he's doing all right and just an example you know I think as a community, you got to type one support other type ones. Like I mentioned that I have that one friend that has it. And, uh, you know, we always, you almost have to make light of it. We joke about like, oh, this and that, you know, that changes our life and affects our blood sugar. And, you know, you just, it, it's it's the cards you're dealt and you deal with it, you know. No, and that's, and that's a great outlook. And, um you know, I guess, Kathy, there's a lot to talk to here. Uh, I'm sure you've had some experience with this yourself. I have. Jeff, thank you for having me here. Sure, absolutely. Terry for inviting me. Ben, it's so great to see you. Um, so I have a very different experience in that my son was four when he was diagnosed. Um, started wetting the bed again, constantly thirsty, and um, my husband and I went away for vacation. And uh, I came back. My mother said, there's definitely something wrong. He is wetting the bed again. Um, took him to the pediatrician, and it's as simple as a urine check. Um, and off to Boston Children's we went. Uh, we were there for a week. Again, he is now 25. So he we are 20 years into it. And it is funny. Well, it's ironic because, um, like you said, at a young age, it was, it's, was my my disease that you know so it it, we dealt with it very differently um and alex now being 25 he speaks like you in that um life is different you know you're he's much more aware of himself his health and not taking things for granted wants to be around but when he became at high school college it was and i'm sure terry can relate it was a lot of anxiety um, with them away. So we went to Children's Hospital. He was there for a week. Uh, That was 20 years ago. And I will, um, what Ben was saying, uh, technology is on our side. I became quickly involved with JDRF, as Terry was saying, just about outreach. When your child is diagnosed with a chronic illness, that can be life-threatening if you do not... um, 
take care of it. Now, again, the myth of between type 1 and type 2, juvenile diabetes is an autoimmune disease. Your pancreas does not make any insulin whatsoever, so you are totally dependent upon um, insulin injections, be it an insulin pump. Uh, when Alex was diagnosed, it, the insulin pumps were still fairly new to the market, so we were on upwards of about six to eight shots a day, um, which is a lot for um, a four-year-old. He also would have probably 10 finger pricks a day. Today, as Ben was saying, we do have what we call a glucose monitoring system that it's it's something that's subcutaneous and it monitors your blood sugar. You read it on your phone. Um, you know, so it was it was quite a lot for a four-year-old. Um, but with technology, you know, things are getting much better. JDRF, I became quickly involved with that, and I've been involved for about for the 20 years just because of the outreach. That, that's my passion. I currently am on the Greater New England JDRF board. Um, my passion is outreach. I also serve on a gala committee, uh, which is one of our major fundraisers. JDRF was formed by a group of parents um, that to improve fundraising, advocacy, resources for um, families with kids with type 1 diabetes. It's now an international uh, nonprofit organization. Uh, but it was formed by a group of parents, much like Terry and myself, that felt that there needed to be more uh, awareness of it. Again, it's very different than type 2. You're completely insulin dependent. Yes, your lifestyle does matter for um, what you eat and everything, but it, you're controlled with constant monitoring of blood sugar and, and insulin injections or, or pump monitoring. Um, so JDRF, we, I, I became quickly involved, and for me, it was knowing that I was not alone on this island that you never wanted to be on or in this club you never wanted to be in. Uh, ironically, Alex was in kindergarten with Ben, and um, Terry was one of the first houses I actually would let Alex go to. And I don't know if you remember, oh, but I, I kind of... Very I, strong <laughs> memories of that. In fact, I, when Benjamin <laughs> was diagnosed... That day, that first play date was the very first thing I thought of. Yes, um, yes. Because um, you were nervous. Oh, extremely. You, you know, everything from having a snack, you know, and we had to do the finger prick. We had to check the blood sugar while he was at our house. You know, how much he was going to eat for the snack, what he was going to eat for the snack. Um, I had to call Kathy and say, these are the numbers. I remember it very distinctly. And those were days where you didn't have a phone. You could just pull out of your pocket. Right. That was a very different yes. conversation. Yes. Um, it was, I mean, 20 years ago, yes. it was very different. Yes. So, um, again, uh, very involved with JDRF. So what I... Um, what is very passionate to me today is um, I co-chair what we call it Chats from Home, and it's a virtual forum for newly diagnosed or actually not even newly diagnosed, but for parents of kids with diabetes, where we every other month have this virtual forum that people come and you share your tips in terms of low blood sugars, high blood sugars, snacks that work, snacks that don't work, um, Alex, like Ben, was an athlete, just in terms of tips for athletes um, and just providing a lot of reassurance and um, resources for, for individuals. JDRF um, also sponsors a nursing webinar because we parents have found that there's a lot of misconceptions, even with um, school nurses are amazing and they deal with just so much, especially right now with, with COVID that we um, are all living learning to live with or get along with, I guess. Um, there, There's a lot of resources we provide for the nurses, um, education for the nurses, just 
uh, Type 1 Diabetes 101. Um, JDRF, we have fundraising, walks, um, and galas, and marathon teams. And a lot of these are just, um, for me, it's more than fundraising. It's more than, um, well, providing these forums for individuals. It, It makes me feel, it empowers me. It makes me feel as if I'm able to do something that's going to make Alex's life, Ben's life, and other individuals with type 1 diabetes in the long run um, better or easier. Um, You know, it's like back to when Alex was diagnosed at four, it was really, it was very difficult. You have a four-year-old child that um, is diagnosed with a chronic illness uh, that if not taken care of is life-threatening. At that particular time, I wasn't worried. I wasn't even worried, you know, the first 10 years. I mean, well, worried, yes, constantly worried. As my husband and I would say, you're waiting for the other shoe to fall off. Um, Lots of monitoring, but we took that on ourselves. Um, You know, Alex, we wanted, like Ben, to have a very normal life. Um, But as time goes on and is just, uh, and as Ben was saying, and Alex is now realizing just the um, complications that come along with uh, type 1 diabetes that if not taken care of, and um, that's what JDRF is, you know, the fundraising and just trying to find a cure and or trying to find um, better monitoring systems. So, oh, that's great. And <clears throat> and just you know, again, I'm a father of three kids. Uh, I'm an af- athlete for all, all. They're all athletes. But is there anything out there for for really just kids under eighteen who are athletes? Anything they should particularly look out for or how would you talk to them about you know just going about trying to be a normal kid yeah so I mean for me it was tricky because I really only played maybe one sports season and then one intramural season in college with it um but I I can speak to um you know, exercise in general, I would say, um, typically speaking, it does drop your blood sugar. This is not um, unique to diabetics. This is everyone. But the thing with us that we got to be careful of is that severe drop. And um, the biggest thing is listen to your body. And it's hard at first um, because you don't don't know this disease. But as time goes on, you start to learn how, you know, your body reacts to it. Um, And so I can know Usually, I don't need to even test my blood sugar. Now, I do not recommend not doing the do it anyway, but I could just feel I'm like, all right, I'm got high blood sugar. I got right after a period sugar. of time, yeah, you, you, you but, know, and you're working, living with it, you right. understand what your body is telling um, you at this point. If I was a young kid, I would say, you know, if you're playing basketball, check it after every quarter. Um, you know, you can't be too careful because the last thing you want to do is, you know, had that low um, glycemic uh, issue and right on the court or, you know, and that just scares everyone around you too. And, you know, you just try to be, just be careful of it. It's better, um, I say, if you're going into a sporting event, like to be a little bit more towards the higher side than the lower side because eventually it's probably going to come down to, uh, but it's unique to everyone. Um, Everyone's body responds differently, I would say. And, um, you know, just... If it's if you're young, I remember Alex would go over there. They test the blood sugar, have a starburst if you needed it. I remember it like yesterday. <laughs> you do. I starburst sure do. still. But and that's the thing is, is yeah is um is you know you do remember that. So you know it just you know remember the kids around you. You know just you, um 
be careful for everyone's sake, not just yours, you know, because um, it's just you don't want to scare somebody is, is my thing. But at the same time, it's important for people around you to understand what's going on. So just say, like, hey, you know, I'm and I understood at probably, what, seven, eight years old what was going on and probably helped that I had right. heard, but, you know, um, it's just awareness, you know, what's going on, you don't have to be scared about it, I'm fine. Uh, I find that other people, um, especially like coaches, athletic trainers, were more worried about it than I was because I was like, you know, hey, I know my body, I, you know, I know what's going on, and, you know, just be in, be in tune with yourself. It's like anything else. Right, yeah, and as a coach, believe me, all we're thinking about is the safety of these kids right. uh, at I, any level. So, yeah, I can imagine the nerves being heightened you know, yeah. for teachers, school nurses, et cetera. His coaches were so supportive. Um, his teammates were so supportive. And, you know, this was all sort of happening at once. And, um, you know, but, you know, to Ben's point, I think it, it's important to recognize that, yes, if you're going to be an athlete, you're going to have to pay more attention than your average person. Um but you could still do it. You know, you can still have that in your life. You can still, you know, quote unquote, be a normal kid. You just have to. It's a new normal. Yeah, we it's a new normal. It's a new normal that you develop. Yeah. And, um, you know, as long as people are aware and, you know, that this, I remember going to when he went to college, <laughs> he had, he was in a quad. I'm sure he was mortified. Um, but I sat him down, I sat his four roommates down, well, other three roommates down, and I was like, listen. <laughs> If you guys go out and party, and he's not looking good, that's not nothing. Pay attention. <laughs> um, you know, that was, and I'm sure you feel the same way, yeah. sending them off was the hardest thing. It was thing. really difficult. So um, my son was an athlete. He played soccer, and he played in college, actually. So like Terry, I was, and right from the get-go, him being diagnosed at four, my husband and I were committed to life was going to be normal. It was going to be a new normal, but this was not going to define Alex. Um, he, it, it, and I think you'd agree, it does define you in, a, in, in terms of um, your outlook on a lot. Um, it, you don't, as a family, we don't take a whole lot for granted. We're pretty simple things make us pretty happy. Um, but he, uh, back to, he was an athlete in college and you just get really creative. What's beautiful now is because of the continuous glucose monitoring, like I said, it's a something you wear subcutaneously and it reads off your blood sugars um, off and you can get it on your phone. Uh, it is. It was great because we had um, athletic trainers that would travel with him. He would travel all over the place to Georgia, to Cincinnati, to Chicago, and his um, athletic trainer could follow him so when he was a kid yes we we didn't have that luxury we would bring you know he would between the quarters or or halves or whatever we would check his blood sugar but for a lot what we would do is we could tell and he would he and his dad had these signs that thumbs up thumbs down and and so my husband would ball up a bunch of starburst and he would throw it out onto the field and or else the goalie would have a this the gatorade next to him i mean you get really creative because the last thing you want is out on the court or out on the field is to have a low blood sugar and you know these kids it's a new normal that happens. Um, Alex went to college like Ben. He actually went abroad. I, that, I lost 20 pounds when he went abroad because of the anxiety <laughs> of him being abroad. Um, and we had very straight, you know, you could only go to London. That was the only place you could go. Um, so he lived a very normal life uh, with 
but there's a constant planning. There's a constant, you travel, uh, you need to know where the, um, there are certain countries I won't let him travel to just because I'm afraid of just the healthcare. Um, he's an adult now. He can figure it out, but, um, not really. I still do actually. <laughs> you do. You, ever, you never stop. You. <laughs> but I could. I knew. I pretty much could tell you we're at every endocrinology clinic in the in the country, Europe. I could tell you. Um, you know. So you live. It's a new normal that you establish. These kids can do everything, um, but there is a lot of planning that goes along with it. And um, by the grace of God, with technology, um, they live and thrive. Right, which is which is great, and uh, you started to talk about it earlier um, about you know the chats on the forums that you do. Um, do you do this for the schools? Like so, for example, if coaches and and teachers and that type of thing, not maybe not just the school nurses, but people um, who need to know like right. who your student population is. So as of right now, we do provide education for the school nurses, and um, they, uh, you know share that with teachers, um, but we are uh, expanding into providing, uh, we, our, our plan is to develop into a Diabetes 101 for for any sort of caretaker. Um, JDRF does have great resources for caretakers, um, babysitters, uh, daycare centers, coaches. Um, it's all within their website, but we are hoping to expand it to a virtual, you know, providing like we do with the nurse webinars for um, teachers or, or anybody that uh, could use the uh, the information and the knowledge of having a type one diabetic. It's not something a teacher should be afraid of. It's just it's awareness. It's it's awareness. It's not something a coach or or teacher or athletic trainer or friends should be afraid of. It's just it's awareness um, of for what the highs and the lows. Um, you know, with diabetes, you have high high blood sugars. Um, like Ben was saying, there are certain foods that trigger that, and you you need to lower that, or your kidneys can become taxed. Um, then you have low blood sugars that you're um, you've given yourself too much insulin, or you didn't need enough carbohydrates. Uh, with the low blood sugars, you have to get your sugars back up again. That means a sweet treat, and um, if that's not treated, you can um, have seizures or you can become unconscious. And so, when Terry talks about when you have frank conversations with friends, um, uh, roommates, and uh, teammates, it is um, Alex Ben act a little funny. It's not necessarily um, due to something they ate or drank it, it it most likely it's something a bit a bit more than more than that right um <clears throat> how do we find jdrf and how do we give to the organization and you talk a little bit about le- about those types of things and who you know locally we can reach out to so we um have a great website uh, jdrf.org. Um, I'm part of the Greater New England JDRF. Um, and with that, they have a very user-friendly uh, website that you resources and contacts. Um, another outreach program that I am involved with, and I'm trying to pull Terry in. I think I've got her. Um, <laughs> our outreach, it's uh, T1D Connectors, and that's with a newly diagnosed uh, individual uh, they contact JDRF, and we have a bag of hope that we initial 
initially present to a lot of these kids younger. Uh, there's a rufous bear that a mom developed. Uh, it's a bear that shows um, sites where you wear your pump or you give insulin injections or you wear your continuous glucose monitor. So for younger kids, they're able to relate to this bear and wear and, and even practice. I know my son, he would practice on the bear in term, to, give his sh- to give his own shots. Um, we welcome you with a bag of hope. With that comes resources for parents and the child. And like I said, Rufus the bear. Um, and then we, if asked, I work, if the newly diagnosed uh, family, I will, I will say, if they uh, would like someone to contact them on part of this T1D connectors, that we get in touch with them and just talk. Because just to hear someone's story uh, and to hear someone's voice, and Terry, you just recently can relate to this, to have these people that are so vulnerable to feel like, okay, we're we're going to be okay. We're going to do this. They did it. Um, one of the connectors that I had, uh, her story, we, we were virtual, and she looked at me and said, I just to see you smile again makes me feel, you know, so JDR, if we, we're trying to give hope to people that you can do this, we're here for you, and provide the resources. So there's, again, JDRF.org. Um, there's Greater New England. That is this Boston, New Hampshire, uh, the Massachusetts, Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire uh, territory. And we are very quick to respond with any any needs that, that you have. With that comes, and Jeff, I want to thank you for your donation for the gala, which we had our virtual gala last year, raised over a million dollars for JDRF. That's awesome. Yes. And so this year we are having a hybrid. I'm excited because we will be in person, and we have very high goal um, for our fundraising efforts with the one-night gala, as we call it. So there are many different ways that you can become involved and, and um, or give to fundraising or um, just meet other people. Oh, that's excellent. Well, keep me in the loop Thank as you. we go forward. Thank you. Um, and anything else that you guys want to share? Or I looked it up real quick. It's jdrf.org. There it is. We're yeah. official now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so... You know, just if you are willing to get involved, as Kathy said, there are so many ways. You know, it doesn't have to be a monetary donation. You can donate something that can be auctioned at the gala. Um, you know, like she was saying, I, you know, you can get involved in outreach. Um, she's been asking me for a while, and I was very reticent because I felt like I, I said, I don't know, you know, if I'm going to be able to be the support that these people need. You know, my kid was diagnosed at 18 while well, I just happened to have a random conversation with someone um, they were kind of in a situation where they're like, I'm really sorry I didn't get back to you. I just, my son was recently diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. He's only six. And we were on the phone for half an hour. And at the end of it, I really felt like I kind of talked him down, you know, from the ledge. And um, I'm like, it's okay. Life's going to be normal again. You're going you're gonna to be just fine. Oh, that's great. Um well, thank you all for coming in, um, thank Kathy. You for us. Thank you again for you so sharing the information on JDRF. Um, Terry, Ben, thank you guys for coming. I hope you all have a wonderful holidays. You have too. a great new year, and um, yeah, we'll keep an eye out again. JDRF.org, everybody. So please give what you can, and uh, we'll talk to you soon here on the PML podcast.